the 2021 tax season has begun. From auto assessments to claiming for working from home expenses, we help you navigate this process. And joining us is our tax expert, Professor Dilip Garaj. Welcome, Prof. How have you been doing? Hi, good afternoon, Lloyd. Yes, I've been great. You know, I've been in Joburg now for a number of years. So, uh, yeah, things are cold in Durban, firstly. We certainly, we are the epicenter of the of the virus. So that is a, is of concern. So I spend most of my time at home at the moment. But otherwise, yes, the family is great and we're all good. Good to hear that you're safe and sound with the family there, Prof. Now, tax season is upon us. Firstly, how important is tax season for South Africans and for the South African economy? Well, certainly, you know, uh, the SARS is, is the collecting body. And one thing they do emphasize, once a year we come after you to pay your tax. So all the income that you earn during the year, uh, there will come a time when you have to account to SARS for that income and then pay the amount of tax that is due to SARS or to the government so that we can keep the economy running. And I think that that's an annual event and it has already commenced. It started on the 1st of July this year and it's going to continue for a couple of months. So people will be busy trying to file their tax returns. Indeed. Now, SARS has said it will be increasing the number of auto assessments this year. Prof, for those of us who might not be in the know, explain to us how auto assessments actually work. Well, auto assessments, uh, Lloyd, it's all about uh, the fact that it means that it's an automatic assessment that is done. And this would normally be done only to certain class of taxpayers. The class of taxpayers generally for an auto assessment would be those who are employed and are receiving income in the form of a salary. They probably belong to uh, a medical aid. They earn some interest income from the bank. And they probably have a retirement fund, which could be a pension or a retirement annuity or a provident fund. So all of that information can easily be extracted by a third party. In other words, it's your employer together with the bank or the medical aid uh, or the medical aid company or the retirement company, the retirement fund where you contribute to the retirement fund. So all of that information is passed over to SARS and uh, electronically. So SARS has all your personal information, which is then pre-populated into your tax return. And when that is done, you find that if that is all the information that you have to supply, then clearly SARS can auto-assess you, which means that they can automatically do an assessment, which will then establish what you either owe SARS or whether there's a refund due from SARS to you. So, you know, that, that is what we call an auto-assessment, and that's the direction which SARS is heading, which the majority of the people are, in fact, employed. But remember, if you are going to be auto-assessed, then it's up to you, the onus is upon you to ensure that the information that is on the assessment is the correct amount. So you need to make sure that you have all your personal information, you get the information from the bank, from the retirement in the company, from your employer, you have all that information, you could check that data is correct. So that's very important that you do that. Obviously, if you have other income, uh, like for example, uh, you would have, uh, let's say you sold some kind of capital asset, uh, or you could have rental income, then you can't be auto-assessed. You've got to do that separately. Now, Prof, what happens in the case where you believe the auto-assessment is not correct? Can you contest it? Yes, definitely. What would happen, that is why I indicated that it's important for you, you get an auto-assessment, 
you need to check it to make sure that the information that they are reflecting that they obtained from the third party is in fact correct. So if it is not correct, then it's for you to ensure uh, that you need to communicate with SARS and say, I'm unhappy with this, there's my attached documentation, my supporting documentation, and I want to be reassessed. And they will then ignore the auto-assessment, and they will then obviously reassess it. Now, there are also those taxpayers, uh, there are also taxpayers who get audited, right? But when does this uh, usually happen and what does it entail when you get audited? What does it mean if I get an email saying I'm going to be audited? Well, generally, you find that taxpayers on a random basis do get audited. So in other words, there is a risk profiling that SARS adopts. They, they can risk profile any taxpayer and establish for any reason that they believe that this particular taxpayer needs to be assessed, uh, needs to be audited rather. And then what happens is that the computer automatically identifies you for what we call an audit. And they will send you documentation which the computer does. So it's not as though people in the SARS office are doing it individually. It is the computer that is, again, it's like an auto audit assess uh, thing that is being done. So automatically they send you a query. We want the following supporting documentation. We want a copy of your retirement and duty certificate, your medical aid certificate, your interest income you've earned from the banks. So you have to then uh, obviously load that documentation and send it to SARS, and in that way they audit you. If they find that you are not giving them the proper information, then they can give you what they call an in-depth audit, and that's when an individual can get involved from SARS would then be writing to you and saying that I want all this information and I'm busy doing a proper audit on you. So that's something different. Now, Professor Garaj, this year, I mean, we're living in the time of COVID and lockdowns now. I mean, like you said, you're also working from home. Uh, there are also provisions to claim from working from home expenses. What exactly are the requirements for this, though? Well, certainly, uh, Lloyd, there are certain requirements that, you know, since March last year, People, many people have been working remotely and are working from home. So the first requirement is certainly you need a letter from your employer to say that permission has been granted for you to work from home. And certainly you have to spend more than 50% of your working hours from home in order for you to claim some kind of domestic expenses uh, in respect of your home. So those two are the important requirements. In other words, a letter from the employer and secondly, more than 50% of your time must be spent from home. Then there are certain specific requirements that SARS uh, expects. And the one thing is that you are supposed to have a separate room at home. So you can't use your dining room table or your lounge to work from. Uh, that is not acceptable. So you need to keep a separate room uh, in which you call it a study or an office. Uh, and you must use it regularly and exclusively for employment. So in other words, that's way you sit with your laptop and you actually do your work. So, uh, you know, that's an important aspect as well that you need to consider. You you can't use your children's uh, a little study or, or, or little room that where they play with their toys or for that matter, uh, some other room like your dining room to be used. That is not acceptable. So it must be exclusive. And this can be audited again. They could visit you and check from where you are working. So that's one important aspect that you need to consider. The other important thing is that Normally, what we do is that we establish what area your study or your office comprises to the whole house. So typically, if your study is 15 square meters or your office is 15 square meters as opposed to your house, uh, your total area of your house is 150 square meters, which means only 
15 over 150, which gives you 10%. So it's a ratio or a proportion for which you can claim. So you can claim the rent or interest on your bond if you, you can claim the rates, you can claim cleaning, uh, home internet. All of these will obviously be pro rata in terms of uh, the area of your of your of your office space to the total area of your house. So you can only change 10% of your rates, 10% of the cleaning that you're incurring, 10% of the electricity. So that's the kind of ratio that you have to use. Uh, I think that that is important that you need to bear in mind. If you obviously using your own laptop, then you can claim wear and tear on your laptop. Normally you write that over three years. So those are the kind of typical expenses which are domestic and home kind of expenses which as a result of the advent of COVID that you would be able to claim. Uh, depends upon how you complete your tax return. Yes, there are ways to ensure that you're claiming the maximum. For example, if you have a, a retirement, if you have some of these expenses and if you chose not to claim the expenses, then certainly SARS are not going to tell you, hey, look, you know what, you uh, you are you do, you do are working from home and you're entitled to claim this. In the law, it's there, but it's up to you to make the claim. So you need to go to a tax consultant or somebody who specialized in tax to assist you to complete your return. Otherwise, you're not going to get these expenses. So staff are not going to tell you, you are entitled to claim this. Why aren't you claiming it? They won't tell you that. So on the other hand, if you're over-claiming expenses, they will pick that up and they'll come back to you and tell you you're not allowed to claim these expenses. So I think that on that basis, business people and people who have investment income and rental income, in the case of rental income, Yes, you're allowed to claim expenses uh, in respect of rental income that you may be receiving. receiving. There could be expenses like rates, repairs, garden and cleaning. All of those are actually deductible. And then if you're married in community or property, remember that all of that income is not reflected only on your income. In, in your income, it's also your spouse because that's the investment income. Rental uh, property is rental you're going to get rentals, so that's investment income split two ways. Now, if you're showing it all in your return, you're going to pay extra tax. So I'm not going to tell you, hey, look, you know, you need to show it on your wife's return, half of the income. And, you know, because of the progressive tax system, there's less tax to pay if you split the income. See, so those are the kind of things, uh, Lloyd, you need to get a tax specialist to help you. Uh, finally, uh, Prof, any closing comments to all our people listening in across the country? And also, uh, maybe you can also touch upon the importance for tax base to be upfront with SARS. Yeah, well, certainly, uh, you, uh, I agree with that. You have to be upfront with SARS. Uh, you know, they're trying to get into this auto-assessment system to try and exclude the number of taxpayers that they have to deal with so they can focus on business people and high-network people who are perhaps using tax avoidance schemes to save taxes. But on the other hand, if you're a high-network person, I clearly uh, would advise you to seek the advice of tax consultants. There are obviously ways to avoid tax. I'm talking about using legal means to avoid tax, not tax evasion. Uh, you know, tax evasion is using illegal means. You end up going to jail for that, and you don't want to go to jail. So clearly, uh, uh, I think that it's important to engage tax consultants if you are a high net worth person earning a lot of income to make sure that you're using legal ways of saving taxes. Great stuff. Uh, tax expert, Professor Dilip Garaj, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon on the show, and all the best. God bless you. Thank you very much. All the best to you too as well.